In today's show, we look at injuries right across the NBA. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball, on TikTok at RedRock underscore B-Ball, on Instagram Locked On Fantasy Basketball and Substack JoshLloyd48.substack.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Price Picks. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code Locked On. That's PricePicks.com. The promo code is Locked On. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. With 30 teams to look at, injuries there is not as many as there has been the last couple of weeks. So, warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. (laughs) Um, The Atlanta Hawks, they got a few and a few important ones. And interestingly, old mate Trey Young has appeared on the injury report with back tightness. He's been, I think he jammed his finger in the game on Sunday, copped a big hit as well. Um, I would not be surprised if he sits this one out. Um, Obviously, they're not traveling particularly well. They just eked out that fluky win against the Bulls. There's no DeJounte Murray. I think there is a chance that Trey sits, and then if Trey sits, then you're really looking at someone like an Aaron Holiday, and more importantly, even a Trent Forrest, who's going to have to step up into a large role. And um, I was going to say Bogdan Bogdanovich, but he's out as well. DeJounte Murray remains out. He'll miss the rest of this week at least, I would guess. And some of next week with his ankle sprain. The same for John Collins, who'll probably miss the rest of this week and the start of next week. And then you've got Clint Capella, who's also on the injury report with Achilles soreness. And we, we see that with him. He's had that injury so many times. He always seems to bounce back from it, but it's always troubling. I think this is back-to-back related. So you might get in a Kongwu start. This just might be an absolute skeleton Hawks team, really with DeAndre Hunter, the only one of their best six players playing. So don't be surprised if that's what you see. Obviously, with Murray and Collins sideline, we're getting the extra value for AJ Griffin. We're getting extra minutes in production from Bogdan Bogdanovich, who is playing well above earlier season expectations. So I think Griffin's a 12-teamer. I think Bogdanovich is. I think Forrest is probably on the borderline. He's probably more of a 14-team league guy, but on a day like Monday, if you get this info in time, there could be real opportunities opening up for Big Trenner. You might also get some Jarrett Culver minutes who can rack up some assists, rebounds, and steals. Jalen Johnson has struggled, or did or he has struggled, and then he moved to the bench and played barely at all. But you know, on Monday, he might be worth it if they do sit a bunch of guys. But I think the rest of the week, he's not going to be worth that hold. And of course, Okongwu is going to have a, a value there if Clint Capella misses time. But again, I think the Young and Capella things are just for Monday. I, I don't think it's a long-term Think they're going to miss more time this week, but I would be—I'd be pretty surprised if they both played on Monday. But that is, at this point, just a guess. For the Boston Celtics, it's relatively clean, and it's getting cleaner. Al Horford is over his COVID diagnosis, but he is out on Monday for his fourth straight game uh, for personal reasons. This will mean he missed all of last week, Horf, and he's going to miss this Monday game. Look, he was going to miss one of these two games anyway, back-to-back spasms. You know that, so. I don't think it's that big of a deal. Then they play Tuesday, Friday, Sunday. I would 
be pretty doubtful that Horford plays Tuesday. Again, it's on the road. They're in LA. It's a personal issue. Does that mean he had to go home? I don't know. But I'd be surprised if he played there. And then the other one is the Rock DJ, Rob Williams, who we got a tease of him maybe returning on Saturday against the Warriors. That didn't happen. He's been ruled out Monday against the Clippers. Does he come back against the Lakers? Otherwise, they've got a Friday-Sunday homestand against the Orlando Magic in both of those games. So I think Williams, there's a chance he is back this week. We know that his agent and Woj have been spruiking that he'll be back before Christmas. Well, we're like, what, two weeks away now. So he's got to be coming back soon. I don't think that makes Horford a drop. I've said this a million times. Horford was able to maintain significant value last season next to Williams. I think it'll be Derek White that moves to the bench. I think it'll be Malcolm Brogdon that loses value there as well. And Grant Williams. Al Horford's the best player out of that quartet of players. And I don't think that he's going to lose enough value to be droppable. Obviously, if Robert Williams is on your waiver wire in any format, less so in points leagues, but yes, you still grab him. You obviously grab him everywhere, but he is not the force in points leagues as he was in category leagues last season. The Brooklyn Nets, they rested everybody on the weekend. Thankfully, those injuries didn't, they weren't real. They didn't stick. But Royce O'Neal, the Basmati man, he is out on Monday for personal reasons. He is trending towards a drop with some of his shooting performances, but I do believe there's improvement to come in the shooting. What we want to watch with Royce is the minutes because he's been playing like 37 a night, which is giving him great value. If he plays 32 on a healthy team, that's when you get worried. So yes, it's annoying that he's out Monday, but you hold through that. Well, Nick Claxton has missed the last two. He's questionable for Monday. They said they thought he would return, so I don't think it's going to be too long. And then they don't play again until Friday after that. So a big, big gap. Claxton is a 12-team league guy. Obviously, if he is out, they'll start Ben Simmons at center, and you'll get a little bit of extra run for Dayron Sharp, but that's just going to be for deeper leagues. In that game on Friday, Sharp played only six minutes, but he did get 32 in the game um, on Saturday when Simmons was out. So that would be the only way you'd use Sharp if Simmons remained sidelined, I think. But realistically, Claxton, there's a chance he plays Monday and it's only going to be, I think, a short-term situation. Whatever the opposite of short-term is and clear and concise reporting, that's what we have in Charlotte because Lamelo Ball remains out and I honestly have no idea when he's coming back Yes, it was an ankle sprain, his second ankle sprain. These can take weeks to heal. We know this, but it's the lack of clarity that annoys me here with Ball. Um, We had that ankle injury, and I was prepared for him to miss two to three weeks to start the season, and he was sort of really on track for that. Came back and then got hurt straight away. I don't know when he's going to come back. I honestly do not believe for a second the rumor-mongering or doomsaying that Lamella Ball is being shut down for the season. I, I know people love that. I don't know why people love it, People love going to that straight away. Oh, he's been shut down. He's, he's not playing again this season. Why? Why Why do we just think that that's going to... Okay, you're wrong every time you say it, but why do people love doing that? I, I'll just never understand it. In saying that, I have no idea when this bloke's coming back. And the same with Dennis Smith. Like These guys have been out. Smith sprained his ankle like three times already, and they still remain out. I don't expect them to play Wednesday now. Maybe they do and surprise me. There is an opportunity here, maybe on the Sunday, Monday, back-to-back, but that is the beginning of a road trip, so maybe you get ball on the road trip coming back. I don't know. What we do know is that we are weeks away from Gordon Haywood and Cody Martin returning, and that keeps that value of Oubre and, to a lesser extent, Jalen McDaniels elevated. For deeper leagues with Ball and Smith out, it's Bryce McGowans, who's playing 20 minutes plus a night. That's deep. It's not productive, super productive, but yeah, in deeper, deeper leagues... He's getting those minutes, and it is helping someone like a Kai Jones and Teo Maladon as well get extra playing time. Mark Williams, 
is still dealing with that ankle injury. Well, hi, Mark. And he's still dealing with the fact that Steve Clifford is his coach, so he'll never, ever, ever play, apparently. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy, but it's not the daily fantasy that your grandparents knew. It's new, it's improved, it's better. You don't have to construct a lineup with a salary cap. You don't have to go up against thousands of people. It's you versus the projections. Man versus machine. Luka Doncic, over under. 30 points, I guess. And you choose whichever one you want. You go to Christos Porzingis, over under. Seven and a half rebounds. Which one do I want there? And all of those different things. Rebounds, steals, blocks, threes, points, fantasy points. Just choose the over under. Put between two to six of those in your lineup. And you can win up to 25 times your entry fee. It's fast. You're doing under 60 seconds. That's what she said. You can also get your withdrawals safely and easily as well. And Price Picks is available in over 30 states and in Canada. But it's not just basketball. You can do all of the big four. NBA, NHL, NFL, disc golf. There's also smaller sports like uh, boxing, PGA golf, baseball, college basketball, college football. Hmm, there should be some college football bowl games in there. European basketball, cricket, soccer, World Cup. Ever heard of it? No. But you can do all that over at PricePix. Download the PricePix app or go to pricepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, PricePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PricePix, they will give you $50. Don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Let's go to the Bulls. Alex Caruso is dealing with a back contusion. Bruce back. He's missed the last couple. Um, and then his replacement, who Caruso replaced in the first place, was Ayodesumu with a abdominal contusion. So I don't think there's any need to have either of these guys as must roster players. They don't play till Wednesday, 10 games, Friday, 10 games, and then Sunday with a quality game. So holding Caruso, or even worse, Desumu, waiting for injury updates just so that you don't play them on Wednesday and Friday is a fool's errand. I wouldn't do it. And the bloke that Desumu was replacing, who was then replaced by Caruso, who was then replaced by Desumu, uh, Lonzo Ball, just don't expect him to play this season. If he does, be pleasantly surprised. Do not waste an injured slot. If you have any single injured player on your team and you have to keep them in your active lineup because you've got Ball in the injured slot, I think it's a waste. I don't expect him to play, definitely not in 2022, maybe not in January 2023, best case after the All-Star break, and I think the likely scenario is he does not play this season. It's it's feeling like that there is a better chance of Lonzo Ball never playing again than playing before the end of January. And I know that sounds pretty negative, but there's no good reports coming out at all about this. And this is a legitimate problem. Fantasy-wise... Yes, Caruso and Desumu, more Caruso, can have value. But I wouldn't bother for this week. What I would look at is maybe, maybe if there's value for Kobe White. But again, it's a 10-game Wednesday that they play. We don't have updates. I don't know if I'd burn an ad on White without knowing about Caruso and Desumu just so White can sit on my bench on Wednesday, Friday. It's probably not going to be worth it. And I don't expect Caruso or Desumu to be out for long periods of time. For the Cavs, Don Mitchell has nebulous injury report of leg soreness. I don't know what that means. Is it a bruise on his leg? Is it a fracture they're, they're hiding? Is it a sprain and a knee ligament? I've got no idea. It's a lower leg issue. Is it an ankle sprain? Don't know. But I know he's missed two straight games after playing 40 minutes on Sunday and 40 minutes on Tuesday. Probably don't need 40 minutes in double-digit games. 
But who am I to judge? With him out, it does mean that old mate Dracaris Levert um, is able to be useful. 37 and 38 minutes, the last two games for Levert. So if Mitchell's out, we use Levert. If Mitchell's back, we drop Levert. That is a simple, simple equation. Kevin Love is not a 12-team league player. He will have games that are 12-team viable for sure, but he will not do it consistently enough. And now he has missed two straight games with a back issue, and he is questionable for Monday's game against the Spurs. So I would not bother with Kevin Love, even if he does um, play. If he misses, then the Discman, Sidi Arsman, he can step in and be useful, but we know that he is just likely to burn you. Like, that's just what he does. Dean Wade's out for a few more weeks with that shoulder injury. He's only a deeper league fantasy guy when he does return. Rubio's probably weeks away still. I know that he was starting to do some five-on-five work in the G League. That is fine. That's still at least a month away, in my opinion, from his ACL return, and I wouldn't be bothered stashing him who will have limited minutes, limited role, um, limited games or back-to-backs. Um, like, what's the point of that? Yes, I know he was useful last season. Yes, Colin Sexton was injured. Yes, he had some value when Sexton was there. Colin Sexton and Donovan Mitchell are very different players. So, uh, And Rubio wasn't recovering from an ACL injury at that point. And yes, Rubio might be able to sneak you in four or five assists come fantasy playoffs. But when you get to the fantasy playoffs dealing with a nothing or a guy outside the top 200 for nine weeks before you get there. That's that's generally, no, look, you can't. Dylan Windler is also out for multiple weeks with that ankle problem. He's just not going to play. The Dallas Mavericks, Joshy Green dealing with this elbow issue. We thought maybe that was just a back-to-back rest issue, but he's out again. With him out, I wonder if they'll give the minutes to Hardy or if they'll give them to Kemba Walker. That's something to watch. Not that it matters for most leagues. Muxy Kleber is questionable with a foot. Kleber's been playing pretty well with him out. You get a little bit more value for uh, JaVale McGee. Um, surely we don't care too much about that. Well, Luka Doncic missed last game, but he's going to return. Davis Bertans has also been ruled out. I didn't see an actual injury notification for what it is. I'm just going to assume it's his knee because it's always his knee. For the Denver Nuggets, Maga Porter Jr. He's still out. I don't expect him to play this week, but we did get somewhat of an update. And the update was like, okay. Like, he is participating in certain points or in parts of practice. Like, all right. Is that is that good? I don't, is that supposed to make you feel happy? I'm not sure. Um, obviously, with Brown out, we keep rolling with Bones. We keep rolling with um, Bruce Brown. We keep rolling for deeper leagues with Christian Brown. But it is a it is frustrating the, again, injury reporting on this injury, which has kept him out for, what, multiple weeks now, like three weeks at least, and we're probably going to have him out for the rest of this week. They don't play till Wednesday, but I highly doubt that you know, parts of practice on Monday translates to playing on Wednesday. Yeah, maybe we look at him returning next Tuesday against Memphis. I don't believe that Maga Porter is a drop, but I get that you would want to, given how much time he's missed and some of the early struggles. And this isn't going to help his ability to push into big minutes because that has been a problem for him this season. Like sort of always stuck around 30. Yeah, another injury here does not really help that case out. Colin Gillespie still dealing with a leg problem as well. He's a two-way guy. You don't need to worry there too much. For the Pistons, Cade Cunningham with his shin. Just a quick mention of this. Um, I don't know what's happening. I still believe that he won't play this season, but I don't know. Dropping him is an individual decision based on your individual circumstances. And if you can afford to stash and where you are in the standings, I still think it's a really low chance that he plays. But also, before we go and criticize the Pistons, and I, me, Josh, I will happily criticize the Pistons. I will criticize every bad team when they make poor decisions repeatedly. I'll do it without any hesitation at all. But 
I see a lot of people saying, what are they doing? How's he allowed to run around with fractures in his legs? Well, okay. We don't know that there are fractures in his legs. The report was they fear stress fractures in his shins. That has never been confirmed. All right, but we do take it as gospel because like, I don't know if I came from Woj or Shams. And he probably, they do have fears of stress fractures or stress reactions. And maybe that's still there. But I don't think that the Pistons, a professional organization in most senses of the word, are out here with a bloke with fractures in his legs, letting him jump up and down on a hardwood court. I don't think anyone is that dumb. So we're not out here. It is not confirmed that he has stress fractures in his shin. And even if it was confirmed, and they know this internally, they wouldn't just be saying, yeah, do whatever you want, mate. Snap him in half if you want. Just kick him into the side of a table. You'll be all right. We'll fix it with surgery. I don't think there's any way that happens. Right? So before we get all like, oh, this, they don't know what they're doing. Like that's just not that's just not going to be the case. And maybe I'm completely wrong and a report comes out and they've hired the Los Angeles Chargers doctor that punctured Tyrod Taylor's lung to try and uh, fix his shins and say, just do whatever you want. I highly doubt that's possible. But again, I guess it does happen. Isaiah, Isaiah Shoulders. No, Isaiah Shoulders is out with a liver problem. Isaiah Livers is out with a shoulder issue. Don't know what his role will be. Probably just take those 15 or 16 Kevin Knox minutes. But Knox has been playing all right, so maybe Livers doesn't even get back to the rotation. Um, for the Golden State Warriors, we don't have an update yet on Andy Wiggins, who's missed the last couple with that adductor injury last three games for Wigo. With him out, it's really been a big boost for Johnny Kaminga, and he is a nice deeper league stream. And obviously, it's really helping Jordan Poole, who has played 30 minutes in the last three games. He started in place of Wiggins. We know that his numbers go up when he starts, and he's really thriving. So maybe that's a sell high for Pooley. Um, Andre Iguodala remains out somewhere out on the 19th hole. That is not a reference to Sean Kemp. That is a golf reference. Sean Kemp would be higher than 19th hole anyway. On to the Houston Rockets. We did get an update on the wild thing, Jay Sean Tate. Even the wild thing's gone well. I can't do much about that. He is uh, still dealing with ankle soreness. And I think what you'll find a lot on injury reports at the moment is everyone's listing everything as soreness. Hamstring soreness, ankle soreness, foot soreness. Is it a way they get around completely just um, detailing what the injury is? Not everyone just has an ankle soreness. There's something going on here. Ankle soreness doesn't keep you out for two months, Tatey. There's something wrong. Anyway, it's good for us that Jay Sean Tate is out because it means with more playing time for KJ Martin and Tari regular season. Although Eason's numbers were pretty disappointing last game, just 13 minutes. And it's going to be up and down for Eason for sure. Tate, surely nobody has Tate stashed, do they? In a 12-team league, if you do, I don't know what you're doing. I don't think there's any any reason for that whatsoever. But there is a reason for me to tell you that today's episode is brought to you by betonline.net, your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get all the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. Well, not all the amateur leagues, but you know, a good chunk of them. Football, basketball, soccer, and esports, they've got it all at betonline.net. If we go over to betonline.net, college football bowl games. What is the playoffs? Ohio State are 10-point favorites over TCU. Huh. Interesting. And Ohio's... Oh, hang on. What are these? Oh, no that's, no, that's potential national championship games. I knew something was screwed up there. Let's have a look at the actual college football playoff games. TCU-Michigan. Michigan 7... Well, hey, that's another thing Battle does. You've got, they've got all the options there. TCU-Ohio State. Michigan-Ohio State. Georgia-Michigan and Georgia-TCU. The biggest margin in any of those potential college football championship games is Georgia as a 15-point favorite over TCU. Huh. All right. Well, they're the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online is where the game starts. Don't forget to gamble responsibly.
Let's go to the Indiana Pacers. Not much to really report here. Um, Chris Duarte is still dealing with this ankle injury. I'm just going to assume that he's out for the rest of this week, but we don't have an update there. Is it ankle soreness? Um, I don't know. But his return will have an impact on guys, I guess, like Aaron Neesmith and maybe Andrew Nembhard. I don't think it will on Nembhard. Like, Duarte was bad when the season started, and Nembhard, I reckon, is already a better player than him. But it is just a player that's got to get back into the mix and it's going to have an impact somewhere. Well, Daniel Tice, does he even play a game this season? I'm not sure. Has he even played a game? Well, does he play a game from here on out with this knee problem? I don't think so. Don't know why he's even on the team. The Clippers, one injury. That's pretty remarkable. And it's Storm and Norman Powell with that groin problem. He has now missed six straight. He'll miss Monday's game to make it seven straight. He is not worth holding in 12-team leagues, especially with them being healthy. You can stream him in when things change, but he's injured. There's other guys there. He hasn't been performing well. There is no need to have him rostered in a 12-team league. I was lucky to get in and do this Lakers report before they listed LeBron and Anthony Davis as probable, so I didn't have to type that out, but they will undoubtedly be probable every single game. Wenyan Gabriel is questionable with a shoulder issue. He's missed four straight. I'm not even sure he's going to be in the rotation when healthy. It could be him or Tom Bryant that get those backup minutes. While Juan Toscano-Anderson dealing with an ankle problem, that's going to keep him out a couple of weeks, but you wouldn't even notice because he wasn't a rotation player unless they rested everybody. For the Grizzlies, um, some troubling developments. They played on Friday against the Pistons, and their next game is today, Monday. And Ja Morant just appeared with thigh soreness. Not a back-to-back, not a game two days ago. They had a whole weekend to rest, and he's just appearing now on the injury report. That's a worry. Now, I don't expect that he misses, but if he does, we obviously stream in Tyus Jones. They don't play again until Thursday and then Saturday, but that's that's a good quality game schedule. Monday, Thursday, Saturday. So I guess you could look at Tyus. The other one is um, Brandon Clark. Stephen Adams hurt his ankle on Friday. He's still questionable. I think there's more of a chance of Adams missing than um, Morant missing. So maybe you do look at Brandon Clark in that situation. And Desmond Bain, we're still like, he's not going to be back. It doesn't feel like in the 2022 portion of this season. Jake LaRavia could return from his foot issue. I would expect that him and David Roddy have to fight for those final scraps in the rotation until, until Bain gets healthy and they'll both be out. For Miami, I'm refusing to buy into their pettiness. I'm not listing every single player as probable like they do every game. Just for reference, for Monday's game, they have Hero, Butler, Struess, Oladipo, Robinson, all listed probable. Cool. The actual injuries, Gabe Vincent with that knee effusion. He came back, played three games. He's now missed three straight. Um, He's losing value anyway with the arrival of Victor Oladipo. Really hard to get excited there. While Dwayne Dedman's been on and off with his foot issue, they did play Jovic at backup center in one of those games. I don't think he's even remotely close to a backup center. Um, so he's not. Uh, there's nothing to really do there for fantasy. And the other one's Omer Yurtseven, who's going to miss, if not the whole season, the majority of the season, I would guess. Chris Middleton hurt his ankle last game. Hurt it, came back in, wasn't able to go, left, played six minutes. He said his ankle's fine. <coughs> I don't believe a player a single second. So I am worried. They play Tuesday. If he is out, that it's Javon Carter that we're looking to stream in there in his place. Um, and Grayson Allen gets that boost. Wes Matthews dealing with COVID and Joe Ingles with the ACL. Ingles won't be back until 2023. Matthews, yeah, look, he's not really going to do too much even when he does play. But Middleton's the key one there. And with him out, it does help guys like Portis, Allen, and Carter. Um, and Allen and Carter, I think, should be 12-team league players if Chris does miss. Minnesota, Carl Anthony Towns remains out. Still got a few more weeks of Towns' injury to go. He probably won't be back until 2023 at some point, early 2023. 
Torian Prince is out at least another week, it feels, with that shoulder injury. I think he can have somewhat of an impact for deeper leagues when he returns, but we're not there yet. And Jordy McLaughlin, who came back, played a couple of games, and now he's hurt his calf again. He's missed two, and now he's missing again. That does help guys like Jalen Noel, not that he was able to take advantage of it, and it helps someone like an Austin Rivers, for those of you who want as little production as possible in minutes. McLaughlin um, was shaping up to be an interesting stream option for 12s, but we're obviously not there yet and might not ever get there. For the Pelicans, no update on their two injured blokes. Um, Herb Jones and Brandon Ingram, they were having some faith that they'd return on this road trip, which, of course, if they do return, then Trey Murphy, Jose Alvarado, Dyson Daniels, and Najee Marshall all take hits. Now, Marshall, Alvarado, and Murphy were, have been great 12-team league guys with those players out. I would probably be holding Murphy, but I think Marshall and Alvarado will lose all 12-team value when these guys return. They've got a super schedule. Thursday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday is great for streaming. So you keep those guys, and we see what happens with Jones and Ingram, but I would expect that by the end of this week, we have both Jones and Ingram back. By the way, you know, Jones, of course, listed with ankle soreness, which has kept him out now for five straight games. Must be pretty bloody sore. On to the New York Knickerbockers. Jalen the Burner Brunson hurt his ankle last game. We don't have an official update on it yet. We should get one hopefully tomorrow. They don't play until Wednesday. If Brunson is out, to me, the priority is quickly, and then it's Grimes after that. Grimes is not, it's not like Grimes is getting the minutes. He is. He's just not doing much with him, and quickly will come in and, and still take a lot of shots. It's not like Grimes will just transition to this big usage guy, I don't believe. So quickly, then Grimes would be my add if Brunson misses. Obi Toppin's dealing with that kneecap fracture sort of situation. He's going to be out probably for the rest of 2022. With him out, we're just seeing Tom Thibodeau go with two centers. So it's helping Hartenstein, and we're getting a little bit of Jericho Sims, um, the Lionheart, in there. You just made the list! So that helps, I guess, very, very deep leagues if you are looking for that center. For the Thunder, there's only one bloke on this list, apart from Chet, of course. What a shock. Well, not shock. What a, what a bummer that we don't get Chet this season. So annoying. For the Thunder, it's Kenrich Williams, who's dealing with a knee sprain. Of course, with Kenrich Williams out, there's one of 20 players that they will use in his place, whether it's Aaron Wiggins or Eugene Omarui or Darius Baisley or Mike Muscala or Isaiah Joe or any other bum they find on the street just to fill in those minutes and confuse us from a rotation projection standpoint. It's sick, and I care for it so, so much. Next team we look at. We should be getting a Wendell Carter Jr. update. Unfortunately, we didn't get one before this show. I am going to go ahead and rule Wendell out for the rest of this week. I don't know that that's accurate or not, but I don't think we're going to see him play this week. They have a Sunday-Monday back-to-back, so maybe we get him back on the road against the Hawks on that Monday, but I don't know. We also don't have updates on Jalen Suggs with his ankle, ankle soreness, Gary Harris with his hamstring, hamstring soreness, Chumura Keke with his knee, knee soreness, and John Isaac, whatever, I don't know, whatever that injury is. It's not an ACL, because that healed two years ago. It's not an ACL, don't know what it is. It's something. So he might be back soon. <laughs> I mean, I mean, no, but yes. Anyway, makes it really hard to know what to do, because I don't know when Suggs or Harris or KK are coming back. And these are three guys, maybe not OKK, but three guys who are going to be rotation players. Like with... Carter out. We thought we'd figured it out. Mo Wagner, starting center. And then last game, we had Bumba play more than him, which, of course, confuses us. I still think Wagner is worth a hold for the week, but their schedule is Wednesday, Friday. Two 10-game days. And if you have Wagner or you have Bumba, is it even worth 
losing the rotation or the streaming spot for Monday, Tuesday, so you can hold the guy who might not be productive on Wednesday, it's probably not worth it. And the same even goes for Bumba. It's just too much like, I've got to burn two days to have a guy that I might not play on Wednesday who might not even be valuable. And I could almost say the same for Marco Fultz, who's had an opportunity to in these starting games, but he's not really playing very well. And it's going to get further complicated when two more guards get back into the mix in Suggs and Harris. Is Fultz a drop? I, I am holding him in some leagues, and I did drop him in one league. We've seen a lot of what he did last season not come to the fore. Um, and I don't know why I'm talking so much about Suggs here, or about uh, Fultz here, but yeah, I'm not sure where he goes from here. Hmm. Onto the sixes, Tangles. Tyrese Max is still out with a foot issue. Doc Rivers has said he'll be back before. I think it was Doc. You know, we've got to trust our medical professionals. Said that he'll be back at some point before Christmas. So it's the rest of this week, I'm guessing. And then maybe next week. Maybe he is back Christmas Day against the Knicks. We just keep rolling with the wave pool, D'Anthony Melton. While Daniel House is dealing with a foot issue, he's missed the last two. With him out, you get opportunities there for Furkan Korkmaz. But that doesn't really matter for most leagues. I believe we just had an update for the Pelicans. Yeah, Ingram is out on Tuesday. But Herb Jones is probable. There you go. So we got an update there on the Pelicans. So that'll mean the reduction in value for Alvarado, Marshall, Daniels in particular, and probably Trey Murphy. But the fact that Ingram's out, some of those guys are able to maintain some value there. But that little run of top 100 for Najee Marshall is probably going to be done with Herb Jones returning. For Phoenix, Devin Booker with a hamstring issue. Is it hamstring soreness? I'm sure it is. He missed the game on Sunday against the Pelicans. Oh, no, it's actually tightness. Is it actually tightness or is it a strain? Or are you guys just lying? If it's a strain, like rule him out for the week. And I think it probably is a strain, to be fair. So I wouldn't be shocked if we just get every day questionable out, questionable out for Devin here. That's me guessing. But that would mean that you can take a look at someone like a Damian Lee as a streamer because they play the Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, which is great streaming days. It does help Cameron Payne get a couple of extra minutes in those games that Booker is out or maybe out. I don't know that, though, but that's my assumption. Cam Johnson dealing with a knee issue. He'll be out the rest of 2022, I'm guessing. I don't think that Johnson's upside is high enough to stash without IR. I just don't think it's that good for a guy that's probably still going to be three or four weeks away. Maybe next week things change, but I don't think this week we need to do that. Dwayne Washington dealing with a hip issue while Jay Crowder still still just not quite right, is he? Still just not not there, ready to you know, honor and his team to honor whatever agreement they have. Who knows? Just do something. I'm just annoyed about talking about this guy not doing anything. Sometimes it may be good. Sometimes it may be shit. Onto the Portland Trailblazers. Gary Payton, the most unfit man in the world, or they're hiding something. Which one is it? He had this core muscle injury, which is tough to come back from. But now he's apparently still reconditioning, which I've heard for the last four weeks. And now he's out for another like two more weeks still. Not that I care that much from a fantasy perspective because I don't think Peyton's a 12-team guy or 10-team guy and maybe a 14-team league guy. But it doesn't add up. Still can, he's, what's he training for a marathon? You can train for a marathon faster than this. Nasir Little's dealing with a hip fracture. That's still three to four weeks away from him returning and he was playing like 10 minutes a night anyway. Then you've got the standard. They're doing the Miami Heat-Lakers thing where they're just listing Hart, Winslow, and Eubanks as probable every game. Joshy with an ankle, Drew Eubanks with a hip, and Winslow with a groin. And we don't expect them to miss any time or have any minutes restriction because they're fake injuries. I mean, they're not fake, but you know what I mean. The Sacramento Kings. If I could find my thing, there it is. Darren Fox said he was dealing with a foot issue. We saw the minutes decrease. 
He's missed two straight after he told us he was fine and wasn't going to miss any games. So that's always great when, uh, again, players lying, clears everything. It's the best. Love it. So they play again on Tuesday. Davion Mitchell, let's be fair, he's not good. Like, he's just not. Um, is he worth streaming in on Tuesday? Like, I'll still be suckered into it. Starting point guard, a bigger opportunity. And he'll go out there and he'll, like, press fruit bolus. Like, that, that's what's happening. It's just bad. But I, I, they play the Tuesday, Wednesday back-to-back. I would say there is zero chance that De'Aaron Fox plays both of those games. Zero. So there is going to be some stream value for, for Mitchell, maybe. The problem is, is if he plays Tuesday Fox and then sits Wednesday, then it's not worth having Mitchell on Wednesday because there's 10 games on. But if he misses Tuesday and plays Wednesday, then there is. Or he could miss both. Alex Len dealing with an illness. Um, I mean, cool. Who remembered Alex Len was on this team? The San Antonio Spurs. Jakob Pertl out again with this knee bone bruise. We don't really have a clear time frame on this. So we just keep rolling with Zach Collins and, say, 14-team leagues with Charles Bassey. Keldon Johnson has now appeared on the uh, injury report. Hmm. Whose horse is that? With an illness. While Jeremy Sohan is officially questionable for Monday's game. Zohan, now! With that quad issue that's cost him five straight games. Kata Bates-Diop is out with a foot sprain. And Blake Wesley with the MCL, he's out for a few more weeks. Now, if Sohan does not play and Johnson does not play... Romeo Langford is playing really well. I think he's worth a look. He's played big minutes. I've never seen Romeo Langford produce like this, but it's happened, and he's worth having a look, especially if Calden is out. You have also Josh Richardson and Doug McDermott in there, definitely more than, say, uh, recent starter Malachi Branham. Toronto, the Jedi, OG Ananobi. But what about Scarves? OG, stop OG. Uh... You better stop OG. He missed last game with a hip injury. I wonder if playing 42, 34, and 44 minutes had anything to do with that. Probably not. Of course not. Why would it? Um, we hope he's okay for Wednesday. I think he will be. If he is out, it's Boucher, the guy that benefits. And then you've got Otto Porter, who's still remaining out for a few more weeks at least. Jesus Christ, this guy can never be healthy. Juancho Hernan Gomez out for a few more games, probably the rest of this week with an ankle. And Precious Achua probably another two weeks with that ankle. So that does boost Gary Tran and Chris Boucher in particular. And then Ananobi out really gives those guys a jump forward. For the Utah Jazz, the man on the street, Jordan Clarkson. J-O-R-D-A-N-C-L-A-R-K-S-O-N. He missed the game on Saturday with a hip contusion. He's probable, sorry, questionable. For Tuesday with it, with him out, you get that real boost for Mickey Beasley. Mick Beasley? Wrong one. Malik Beasley. Um, we also got a huge boost for Taylor Horton Tucker and Nikhil Alexander-Walker in that situation. So I think Alexander-Walker would become a stream if we hear more about Clarko. Markinen is ill, and he's missed three straight. Surely he's right for Tuesday. But with him out, all of those same players get boosts, especially Alexander-Walker. Simone, Font Simone Fontecchio with an ankle sprain after him, that game winner. He hasn't played since. Not even sure he's going to be in the rotation when he returns. While Mike Conley, this is interesting. Conley returned, played 25 minutes on Friday, sat the back-to-back -back Saturday, and now for Tuesday's game, he's officially listed as questionable for rest. Is that an error? What's he resting from? From not playing for two days? What the hell's going on? That is curious. Now, if Conley, Markin, and Clarkson are out, then we stream the absolute shit out of Nikhil Alexander-Walker. It's a great stream, and then Horton Tucker's not far behind. But that's a lot of uncertainty. And Colin Sexton's probably going to miss the rest of this week with that hamstring ping. I don't think Sexton's a must-hold. But if Conley's going to be so tired after not playing, in fact, that gives me an opportunity, which I haven't done for a long time. Oh, can I actually find it? 
Oh, yeah, there it is. I'm not tired. Then it does give Sexton an opportunity. This is weird. And we want to see what actually happens there on Tuesday. But be aware of that. And the last team, the Washington Wizards. We did get somewhat of an update on Bradley Beal. He is out Monday. He is starting to do some practice stuff. There's a chance for Wednesday, I would think, that they well, they play the back-to-back against the Lakers and Clippers, or Clippers and Lakers Saturday, Sunday. I would think there's a chance he plays in one of those games. That's probably a return date, which means that with him out, you get that big boost for Abdia. You get a boost for Monte Morris, who's dealing with his own injury. And then there's a boost for Jordy Goodwin. Now, Morris is questionable for Monday. Jordan Goodwin is the stream there. If Morris is out, Goodwin's worth streaming anyway, but if Morris is out, we're really firing into Jordan Goodwin, who played 34 and 38 minutes the last two games. Um, but the other thing we do need to look at is Will Barton. No, you, Will! No, he's ready to sack that. Run, Will! Give it off quick! Barton had missed the last two games, and that did enable Goodwin, who, in the first game that Beal missed, Goodwin played 13 minutes. And then Barton went down, and he played 34 and 38. Is it a coincidence that the extra 20 minutes went straight to Goodwin when Barton was out? I'm not sure. So if Morris plays and Barton plays, maybe Goodwin is actually a terrible stream. But we will see. If Morris is out, I think Goodwin still remains a good stream, but that is a complicating factor. Rui Hachimura is dealing with an ankle problem. He's out for the rest of the week. Nobody is holding him in 12-10 leagues. Please tell me that. And Dillon Wright's out with a hamstring. I've heard of people stashing Dillon, waiting for him to come back. He's going to take over the starting point guard. I think that is folly. He might take over the starting point guard job but it won't be as soon as he comes back. And I don't think he's good enough to hold through the nonsense waiting for it. I think he's fine. And maybe when you get a little bit closer, but this is a serious hamstring injury that he's going to have to then get through Goodwin and Morris and work his way back and start playing 29 minutes. And I'm not sure any of that happens in the next six to eight weeks, if at all. So I don't think it's worth it. While Anthony Gill is dealing with a heel injury. That'll do it for me today, guys. Don't forget to follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you are here on YouTube, thumb it up. Leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.